Hopefully it works. I like the background. That's in honor of your birthday, buddy. So, <laughs> happy right. birthday. <laughs> oh, I mean, I thought I could at least contribute that much. I mean, Bella Kilmer, what a great actor. He's a lady with 400 pounds. Oh, yeah. He's a freaking whale, dude. Yeah, he did not turn out well. And I think the conventions are going to start happening. Yeah, the NRA is coming up. Are you going to that? Yes, sir. We're set up at the Caltech booth. Yeah, I think we're going to go. We're going to talk to my law partner. You should it's go. A lot. I love going to the NRA convention. I've been going since it was Phoenix, and it's never been back to Phoenix since. I'm quite surprised. Yeah, Phoenix is great. That was great town. I wonder if it was just, um, it's not really hard to get to either from the airport, right? It's pretty, no, pretty easy it's to get hot. Around. Yeah. It's definitely hot. Hey, did you get um, anything from ASP yet? I did, and I apologize to you, and I haven't apologized to ASP yet because I just haven't had a chance to film with their products. No, that's fine. Um, I got their, it's 2000 Lumen Light. Here what's called. Um, is it this I got one? Their stick. The Go uh, Raptor? I think so. It's big. It's like this big. This one? Can you see it? Yeah. yeah it comes with a holster. All there. I think all of them do. Yeah. I've got. You can like turn it. Yeah. Here, um, let me turn my background on. I got this. I think it's called the stiletto, maybe. It's a pen knife. A pen light? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I'm sorry. Pen light. Describe. Yeah. And then um, they gave me some handcuffs, the lightweight handcuffs, and a holster for those. There we go. Nice. Yeah. That's the one. So that's yeah. the Raptor. It's got a bigger head than. Yeah, pretty these, sure. I'm pretty sure it's the Raptor. What's the other two. one called? Got the Raptor, got the Spectrum, and you've got the uh, XD XTDF. Yeah. yeah, it's the Raptor, and then he gave me the handcuffs are really neat. I, I really like the handcuffs. I'll probably never use them for anything that they're designed for. But <laughs> yeah, they got great handcuffs. Yeah, I had no idea they made flashlights. I thought they just made classical batons. No man, they make really good. These are awesome flashlights. What kind of um, what kind of um, Blue. less than lethal pepper spray do you carry? The um, Mission First Tactical. Mm-hmm. What's the SHU on it? Two point five. Um, it's military grade. Where does it tell me what it is? I've had him on here talking about them before. They've got several different um, sprays. Yeah, Fox Labs makes one that has a green dye in it. And it, this it, one does. It like, yeah, it stains your face. And I always joke, you imagine going to work on Monday and Alice is like, why is your face green, Derek? Somebody. It's <laughs> <laughs> robbing a bank. We're robbing a bank. Got mace. <laughs> it says it's yeah. level three, 10% OC. Okay. It's got 1.33 TC. Oh, here it is. 2 million. Okay. So it's, it's a little, it's a little less strong than Fox Labs now. Two million yeah. Scoville heat units is what they're saying. Yeah, hot enough. Got one of these for my ass too, one of the little mini batons. I've never seen I got a traditional collapsible baton from them, just like their standard. Um, I got a collapsible baton from a German company that's actually, instead of, you know, the ass, you have to like pound it into the ground to collapse it. Um, this one's got a button on the back end. This one does too. Oh, uh, they got one with the button in. Yeah. Pop it out yeah. and then. Yeah. Pretty can't sure. carry this concealed in Ohio. Oh, you can't? A deadly weapon. So you can't carry a gun concealed? You can carry a gun if you have a concealed handgun license. Tennessee, handgun. July 1st, the um, constitutional carry goes into effect. In Tennessee? Mm-hmm. It's coming to Ohio. I give it five years. You'll see it. Think it'll take that long? 
Yeah, I do. Ohio's always kind of behind the curve a little bit. We just passed Stand Your Ground, took effect in April, um, but we're extremely conservative at the state level. I mean, Ohio went for Trump by six points. It's a very conservative state-level government, so yeah. it'll happen. It's going to take some time. All right, we're ready to go? Let's do it. Ready to do this? All right, all right, all right, lead heads. We are back with the 400th episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. Woohoo! 400 episodes going on 10 years, bringing you the Leadhead Brigade, Leducating the Uneducated since 2012. Talking Lead. That's us. And we got some good education this episode. I thought this would be a good time to get updated on the latest in all the, the gun law proposals that are going around and at the top of everybody's discussions right now. So I thought we'd just go ahead and get an expert on here. And we're going to welcome back our good buddy Derek DeBross with Munitions Law Group. Derek, welcome back. I appreciate it, Marty. Thanks for having me. Enjoy being on your show. And I just enjoy looking at all your toys you have behind you. <laughs> I enjoy playing with all my toys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I can't find the time uh, these days. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully yeah. we get to keep our toys. And that's what <laughs> we've got you on today is maybe to help maybe calm some nerves a little bit, give some people some fuel on how they can combat this, what they need to do. Uh, but the main thing is education. Let's educate them on these proposed gun laws. Uh, you know, the top one being the the braces. The ATF has set out that new uh, guideline policy. Uh, they're basically trying to redefine what a rifle is, too. So we're going to talk about that. California uh, had another milestone in California. The um, uh, Judge Benitez, uh, Roger Benitez. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, has has come through again, and he's ruled that uh, their gun gun ban is unconstitutional there. I mean, he's done some other things in the past with the the magazines, and I mean, we see where that's that's led. They they still uh, can't have those yet because they put a stay on that ruling, and they're you know they're arguing it, they're debating it, and that's the same thing that they've done with this. Uh, so maybe you can you can educate us on that when we start talking about that. Also is is why he would allow that to begin with. Is you know, if, if he's ruling that it's unconstitutional, then to me it sounds like it should be unconstitutional, and they should just lay the law down. But we're going to talk about that. Okay. Um, the uh, the appointee to the ATF, the David Chipman, uh, yep. douche, I'll call him. <laughs> um, we'll talk about that a little bit, and then we'll touch on some other things too. Our last episode, there's some things going on in New York, uh, so if we've got updates on that, we'll talk about that. But yeah, man, uh, just wanted to get everybody, uh, get their summer under control so they know which direction to head and um, how to stay in the fight. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, and we're able to do this for 10 years, 400 episodes through the sponsors of the Talking Lead podcast. So make sure you go and show all our sponsors some love. And you do that by going and buying their products and letting them know that you heard about them here on Talking Lead. Uh, Mission First Tactical. They've got a slew of different products at Mission First Tactical. Uh, you've seen me pimp out their, what they call dump trays. Uh, so, you know, with your dump, dumping your pockets out at the end of the night on your nightstand, you put this stuff on there. But I've been using these as armorer's trays. So mm -hmm. I've been putting my parts in there, my bolt carriers and pins and greasy, nasty parts. And uh, it cleans up really well. 
So uh, they're very durable, ink injected with the logos that they have on there. And they've got a variety of different logos that you can get. Uh, if you want our logos, I think they've got like the standard logo. These are some custom ones that I had done. Um, but if you want our, our logos, just let them know that you want the Talking Lead logos on there. They've got them. They can put them on there. If you want the Lead Head Brigade, you want our standard custom logo, they can do all that. Check them out, Mission First Tactical. Um, Derek and I were talking a little bit before we were talking about, um, pepper spray and mission first tactical mm -hmm. has uh, pepper spray as well. They've got several different delivery methods that you can, uh, can get these in different sizes, different shapes for different purposes. Uh, and this one is a, what did we say? It was 2 million Scovilles. I believe that's right. Yeah. That's what you looked up. Yeah. The rapid <clears throat> strike spray, uh, right here. It's just real easy. Flips up, hit the button. And what's uh, good about these two is they've got practice ones too. So if you're new to the uh, pepper spray world, you can get their practice ones where they just have water in them. Uh, and then you can practice so you can get a feel of how it's going to um, interact with your environment. So windy environments, you can practice in that. So you'll know not to be standing uh, downwind <laughs> when you're spraying somebody. Um, but check those out, Mission First Tactical. And then, of course, their furniture, what they're famous for, or their holsters and their uh, AR furniture. And you can see several of my guns back here have their furniture, their butt stocks, their hand guards. Uh, this is one of the butt stocks here. It's their minimalist to the aluminum minimalist. And what you guys are normally mm -hmm. used to are their, um, the, the plastic, I don't so they're not plastic. What do you call that? The, uh, whatever this stuff, this strong material. Oliver? Polymer, thank you. It starts with a P. So polymer, uh, but this is an aluminum one. So uh, you get that nice metal feel, but it's it's light. It's super lightweight. It's as light, uh, if not lighter, than their polymer uh, butt stocks. And I've really been enjoying this one. I put it on that 762 by 39 AR build that I did that Brian Keeney hates so much that uh, he cussed me out over. But. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, really enjoy that. So if you're uh, into home builds or you just want to change the look of your AR, check them out, missionfirsttactical.com, and you use the code LEADHEAD, and you're going to get 20% off. Uh, but make sure you're using those codes because that's how they know that you've been hearing about us or hearing about them on the uh, the show. And, of course, if you're getting our logo stuff, they're going to know that too. Mission First Tactical. Uh, and then we were talking a little bit off air too about the NRA coming in September mm -hmm. to Houston. We're looking forward to that, and Caltech has made it possible for us to be there. We're going to be at Caltech's booth. They're going to be the official lead quarters of the 2021 NRA in Houston. So we're looking forward to that. And I've mentioned it on a couple other episodes. We're probably going to get some uh, custom dump trays and shirts and things like that made for you lead heads that are going to attend. Come by the booth, and it's first come, first serve on those. Um, but it's going to be a good time. Really looking forward to uh Hanging out with the guys, Chad and Matt, and uh, the gang there at Keltech. Check them out, keltechweapons.com. And, of course, all these people have the social meds, which I know you leadheads uh, are well aware. But go and show them some love. Like their posts. Let them know that you're a leadhead. Let them know you're hearing about them on the podcast. And uh, hopefully they'll uh, they'll want to sign up again for another run with us. Seal 1. Uh, SEAL-1 is the complete, complete gun care product. It's the CLP, Clean Lubes Protects, uh, everything you need in one product. And they've got several different delivery methods for their product as well. 
They've got a paste. They've got a liquid. They've got an aerosol. Uh, and they've got pre-soaked wipes uh, that you can use. And they've got this cool little complete care kit right here that's got the, um, the liquid, the paste, and they got a nice brush. And they got the pre-soaked wipes in there. Uh, seal1.net. And you use the code LEADHEAD. And you're going to get 25% off at Seal1 on any of their products there. So check them out at Seal1. And we'll talk about some of our other sponsors uh, later on in the show here. Uh, we've, got, we've got a lot to talk about. And I want to jump into it on this episode with Derek. Uh, Derek is an attorney. And he's based out of Ohio. And they kind of they have a niche in the market where they deal with specific gun laws and issues and people having trouble with, uh, I guess, the law. Law don't go around here, law dog. <laughs> <laughs> not not where Derek is concerned. And your nickname is the Gun Lawyer. Is that right? Yeah, I've been called that. Called that amongst other things. Um, <laughs> especially I've been in the army. I had all kinds of nicknames. What was one of your nicknames in the army? <laughs> uh, Rooster. The family nickname is Debo, D-E-B-O. People can't pronounce my last name, so my grandfather had that nickname. I got passed down over the generations. Uh, Carrot Top, you know, the typical redhead thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, you were, we talked about this the last episode, your former military. You were in the army? Yeah, I served uh, six years in the Ohio Army National Guard with a tour of duty in Iraq. Very cool. And Flag Day was earlier this week. Uh, was it Monday? I believe. I didn't know it. I didn't know. I didn't know it was Flag Day this week. I had no idea. Yeah, Flag Day, and I guess it's just to honor the birthday of our flag is really what it recognizes. Let's just look it up real quick because I mean I got I'm I'm ashamed to say that I don't really know. So in the United States, flag... I live in a more liberal area of Columbus, and I think I'm the only one on my block that flies an American flag. I mean, there's plenty of other flags like uh, college name, flags and stuff like that. Plenty of other flags. I'll leave it at that. But <laughs> okay. Not many American flags, uh, which is unfortunate. I remember I was in boot camp when 9-11 ha happened, and I came home, and everybody had a flag flying. Yeah. I mean, it was just crazy. And it was interesting to experience that because I was kind of in this little bubble in boot camp, and then I come back, and it's a different world. But that's all gone away now, you know, 10 years later. Yeah. So in the United States, Flag Day is celebrated on June 14th. It commemorates the adoption of the flag of the United States on June 14th, 1777, by resolution of the Second Continental Congress. The flag resolution passed on June 14th, 1777, stated, resolved that the flag of the 13 United States be 13 stripes, alternate red and white, that the Union be 13 stars, white in a blue field representing a new constellation. Uh, and then it goes on and tells more about that. So basically that's that's what Flag Day is. So every June hmm. 14th uh, since 1777. Hmm. I had no idea. So how many years does that make our flag? Can you do quick math? No, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> that's why I got a calculator right here. Let's uh, <laughs> 2021 minus 1777. 244. Hmm. 244 years young and speaking of birthdays i believe oh, i believe somebody on this this show tonight has a birthday is that right you is it you uh, no no sir it's you yeah, it's what? Not, I'm, I'm almost i'm almost over the hill what better way to celebrate your birthday 
than to do the Talking Lid podcast. We should have had you on the last episode because that was 399 and you're 39, right? Yeah, 39. Uh, you know, yesterday was the Army's birthday, June 14th. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I share a birthday. Everybody should know. I think everybody knows who they share a birthday with. I think I share a birthday with Ice T or Ice Cube or something. <laughs> one of the Ices. Well, <laughs> Not yeah, one Ices. Of the Ices. The guy that was in that old movie from the 90s involving heroin. I can't remember the name of that show. Coolio? Um, maybe it was Coolio. I can't remember. Let me look it up here. Day, June 15th. Let's see here. So the uh, Army's uh, birthday is the same day as Flag Day. Ice Cube. I share, I share a birthday with Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Uh, Courtney Cox. Uh, Friends. The Chinese Prime Minister has a birthday with me. Neil Patrick Harris, Helen Hunt. <laughs> Leah Ramini, famous Scientologist. NPH. I yeah. love me some Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't mm-hmm. remember him from Doogie Howser. That was back oh, in the day. I remember him from him. I didn't watch any of his new stuff. I remember yeah. Doogie Howser. So I never watched Doogie Howser, but I always knew him from that. And then, yeah. um, what was that? Harold and Kumar? Yeah. Was he in that? Yes, he's great. I in remember his... that. Dude, you I got you got to watch Harold and Kumar and Neil Patrick Harris. Huh. Best cameo yeah. scene ever. Yeah. Nobody else is really famous that I would want to mention. But, yeah, today's my birthday. I'm 39 years old. I've got a, a year left of being young. Hey, kid. I hear it's your birthday. So, let heads go and wish Derek a happy birthday. You can go to his social meds. What's your um, What's your handle on the Instagrams? Uh, I think it's just Munitions Group. I haven't. I have my. I have somebody else to manage them for me, but I think it's just uh, Munitions Group. Uh, we're more active on YouTube. Uh, we have a pretty prolific page there, and pretty, fairly active on Facebook. I haven't been on that in a while. I've been so busy with everything, but um, I don't do Twitter. Just so you guys know. Yeah. Not, not a Twitter fan. Yeah, not either. I do stuff. Whenever I post to Instagram, it'll automatically post to Twitter. Right. So I don't. Yeah. So I don't really. I have no interaction with Twitter. But it yeah. is munitions group. It's M U N T I M U N I T I O N S G R O U P. The gun lawyer. You could also type that in, and he comes comes up. It may come up. I think there's another gun lawyer out west that uses that handle for Instagram. Yeah. I can't remember. Um, Instagram is funny for lawyers, though, right? Because you can't really take a picture of the wall. It's very. It's kind of diff. It's difficult sometimes. <laughs> well, you can. Uh, you know, it's just a book. <laughs> I guess I could. Yeah. We try to make it interesting, but who wants to follow a lawyer on Instagram? It's, it's difficult, but we we do have a presence there. It's just it's relatively small. But uh, YouTube is really where we have most of our social media, and, and Facebook, it's, it's it was fairly prolific as well. And and then on YouTube, it's Munitions Law Group. Just Munitions Group. Munitions, munitions Group. group. Okay. Yeah. And they've got a yeah. star for a logo, circle yeah. and a star. It's black and like the, cow- the Dallas Cowboys or. Well, I was gonna Army. say that, but I didn't. I didn't know if that would offend you or not. So. Not the Third Army. Who who uses the star of the army? I can't remember. The army. They look your military star with a circle around it. Yeah, you check it out. We like it. I like the brand. Yeah, the army. They own the jeeps. You see in the old movies yeah, on the jeeps. Exactly. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. Is that where you? Is that where it came from? Is that the idea? Uh, our graphic designer came up with it. You know, we gave him ideas. This is something a little bit military, but not too military. And he came up with it, and he does an amazing job. And right. Stuck with it. So very cool. I'm gonna turn that off. So I told you I've got company coming in this week. Yeah. What are you guys doing? Um. So my buddy uh, Chris Brooks from Buck Knives is going to be in town, and he's in town for business. I can't say what. And uh, and then our buddy Bill Doe. Bill Doe Teabaggins. 
as they know him on the show. Uh, he's with the uh, Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association. Uh, he's been on the show several times. You let heads know Bill. You know Chris. They've both been on. Uh, and I mean, there's no telling what we're going to do. They're, they're coming down. We're going to hang out. We might do a show, might record a show, uh, but I'm definitely going to take them to Royal range in Nashville. It's a five-star range there in Nashville. If you've never been Derek, next mm-hmm. time you come down, I'll take you. It's a country club. That's exactly what it is. Uh, it's, it's really nice. They've got, uh, some of the nicest indoor shooting that you, uh, you will ever do. Uh, and the most knowledgeable staff that you'll ever run into. Art does a really good job uh, running that place. He's turned it around. I think it's been under like three or four different owners. And then when Art took it over, he really turned it into something. If you're looking, looking at pictures of it now, if you're looking to get married, if you want to do a bachelor party or a bachelorette party, great place to go have one of those. Yeah, I see that's on their website. Um, that's it's an old movie theater. It's an old movie theater. They converted into. <laughs> Into a gun uh, retail and, and range. It's it's super nice. There's a nice country club in Central Ohio called Blackwing Shooting Center. That's super nice. It's kind of like this that I like going to as well. Yeah. So you can shoot full auto there, anything, all the way up to 50 BMGs. They've got the, the Barretts there that you can well away on if you want to pop off like 10 bucks around or something. <laughs> Go right ahead. They have quite a few lanes, it looks like, too. They do. They've got a lot. I don't know how many they've got, but they've got... Um, quite a few do first rate training there. They have, um, uh, well-known international national known trainers that come in and hold classes there. We've done some of our classes there, some collaborations, um, with some of the, the nation's top trainers. That looks really nice. I definitely have to check that out. Oh yeah, definitely. We'll, uh, we'll take you there. So we'll probably hit that. I'll take, cause neither one of them have been there. So I'll probably take them there. Uh, take them to some of the uh, the restaurants, and of course, uh, other another personality that's on the show quite a bit. We call him Drew. He works with Century Arms. Drew's in the area, so we'll probably go out with Drew and uh, go get some some good wings and and barbecue somewhere. It's gonna be a good Just time. Just Jack Daniels. <laughs> not a fan of Jack Daniels. I'm probably gonna get a lot of haters for that, but not a whiskey fan. I much prefer Kentucky bourbon. You know that's why there's more than one. <laughs> That's why there's more really than, like than one brand. I love Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels is, you know. Everybody I've ever met who's from Tennessee loves Jack Daniels. Well, that's not the case. Not everybody does. So. Everybody I've met from Nashville <laughs> or from Tennessee loves Jack Daniels. Not a, I have a friend who's actually part of their, their club. I guess you can get a Squires club. club. Yeah, and you own like a square inch of land. You I'm a, a member. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course you are. Well. <laughs> It was my dad. My dad was a member, and then when he passed away, I inherited his okay uh, one square inch of <laughs> yeah of, of land, land or whatever it is. Yeah. I think there's an actual deed, isn't it? They actually give you a deed. You know what? There is. If you'll wait one second, I'll go get it and I'll show it to you. Sure, I'll see it. I got it right here. Yeah, hold on. Keep talking to the leadheads. <laughs> I don't think they want to hear me talk. I usually get paid to talk. All right. So- just sit on the floor. <laughs> sit right there. <laughs> Why is it on the floor in an envelope? Amongst, amongst all the other crap. I inherited this from my father. It's on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a nice organized spot, though. So this this is the original uh, package that it came in, too. Oh, wow. That's probably worth something, just the packaging. Yeah, so it says Tennessee Squire. Got to put my damn glasses on. Getting old sucks, Derek. Not 39 anymore, are you? <laughs> no. Far from it. All right. 
Moore County, that's the county uh, that uh, Jack mm-hmm. Daniels is in, Lynchburg, Pop 399, Tennessee. Uh, and then it's got his old address on there. First class mail, 1971. Oh, God. That's the year I was born. <laughs> that's why he was drinking so much back then. <laughs> right. I was, the, And I was the youngest. So, yeah. So, this is 50 years old. Jeez. Uh, it says July. I was born in February. Let's take it out. So there's. Oh, that's cool. That is pretty neat. Nice, heavy, thick cardboard uh, deed. It's you, actual deed. Do you get like, uh, do you get to do barrel tastings or what do you get for that? I have no idea. <laughs> I've never. Barrel I'm, tastings or you get to buy certain types of uh, select barrels or something. There's I'm some guessing. sort of privilege, yeah. Uh, but it says Tennessee Squire. It is hereby warranted that the above title be rightfully awarded to my dad. Uh, that said party or parties of the first part for in consideration said party of the second <laughs> parts avowed <laughs> and generally you know what you interpret all this for us uh, express loyalty to and devotion for Jack Daniels charcoal mellowed whiskey and other valuable considerations rendered by the said party of the second part the receipt of which is hereby acknowledged does by these uh, presence grant convey and confirm unto the said party of the second part the above title and rights of land pertaining to said title uh, and then mm. it's got uh d e motlow reagan something i don't know can't read that name july well, 9th. i did understand that i understood all that mm. so it says the following real estate situated in the county of moore uh, and more particularly Plot, blah, blah, blah. So it's got a plot number. Mm-hmm. Uh, dated June 1st, 1955. Wow. Uh, and being part of the land conveyed in deed book is the book and page. Near the hollow, the site still used for charcoal melony Tennessee whiskey, drop by drop. To have and to hold the same together with all rights and appurtenances to the same belonging unto said party and to the heirs and assigns of such party forever. Yeah. Perpetual. Uh, and yeah. then D.E. Motlow, Jack Daniel Distillery. So I guess D.E. Motlow was the... President. Yeah, back in those days. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that, that reads like a real deed. There was consideration, which was you know him drinking the whiskey or whatever it said in exchange for the land. Yeah. That's what Interesting. That's pretty neat. That's, that's a piece of family history right there. Oh, wait. There's something. This is my golden ticket. It says, I own Jack Daniels. <laughs> My wife, for my birthday, I got my present today. I got a real copper flask. Oh, sweet. Made of real copper, yeah. It's pretty neat. Nice. Yeah, so this is another piece of documentation. Can you see that? That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's that's neat. That's like really hand, that's typed. Old typewriter. Yeah, that's typewriter. Yeah. This is the oldest registered distillery in the USA. Established 1866, Jack Daniel Distillery. Lim Motlow Prop Incorporated Distillers and Bottlers of the Famous Jack Daniels Whiskey. It's got my dad's name on there. It says, Dear Mr. Holder, Mr. John J. Ash has asked that we add you to our Tennessee Squire Association. We are delighted. <laughs> this little organization was formed several years ago and is made up of prominent people in business, the professions, entertainment, etc., who have been friends of our distillery and have enjoyed our product. Enclosed are your official credentials, making you a full-fledged Tennessee squire. 
There's no obligation whatsoever on your part, nor any attempt made by our company to use the good names of our squires in any way. It is just our feeling that too little time is spent in this day and age enjoying the friendship of others. Ain't that the truth? Mm. The Tennessee Squire Association is our small attempt to speak up. Mr. Holder, should you be traveling through Lynchburg, do drop by and see us. We would consider it a privilege to show you through our distillery. Sincerely, Winston E. Smith, President. Huh. I wonder how many people remember. Winston E. Smith? No, I wonder how many members there are. Oh, how many members? Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's probably some sort of a a registry. And there's their phone. I wonder if their phone number's still good. No email address. (laughs) In that day and age, right? In the 1970s. 1970, July 9th, so February, March, April, May, June. So I was like just a little over four months old. So get this, I just looked it up. To become a squire, you get a Love Jack Daniels, and you have to be nominated by a current squire who, this is interesting, can only nominate one person in their entire lifetime. Oh, wow, that's cool. So that gentleman who recommended your father, that was his only re- his only referral. The only one he ever got. I wonder who your father recommended I don't know. What if they have that on record? You should find out. You should write them and see if they know. Hell, I'll just drive down there. It's just down the road for me. Yeah, yeah do that. See if they know. You go meet the guy or person or whoever. Oh, yeah. I like being member. Huh? Who are you going to recommend? You got to recommend me. Well, hey, you don't like <laughs> Jack don't, Daniels, though. I don't like Jack Daniels, so I failed. <laughs> 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 so there you go, Leadhead. I am I like auctioning that. off. My uh, nomination to the Tennessee Squires Club to the highest bidder. <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't know that. I think I still think it's fascinating the history behind it. Yeah, absolutely. I'll have to do some more research. Um, maybe I'll do an episode on it. Uh, one episode. You should. Yeah. So there we go. A little uh, Jack Daniels history. So <laughs> if you don't like Jack Daniels, fast forward past that part. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I do. I I really like Jack Daniels. Um, it's not like my, you know, I'm not a snob and won't drink anything else. I mean, I'll definitely try other things too, but it's just kind of my go-to. It's like if I go to a place I've never been and I just don't want to look at their chef's Jack Daniels, you know. No. So for me, it's Woodford Reserve. Okay. It's just like smooth drinking bourbons. You mix it. You can drink it straight. Yeah. I like a lot of other bourbons. Pappy's great if you can afford it. Um, there's a lot better, I think, bourbons than Pappy and it's a lot cheaper. Um, my, my friend is in the barrel tastings and he drives down to Kentucky all the time and does all that stuff. So very cool. I don't need another expensive hobby. <laughs> Alcohol can get expensive. No doubt. It can get unhealthy too. <laughs> yeah. But getting a handle on the law, you know, that's where it's at. Yeah. Understand. It's interesting. Alcohol and lawyers. I always found it interesting. We have a serious problem with alcoholism and drug addiction in our profession. I think it's number two in the country. Might be number one. I mean, the attorney next door to me years ago died of a heroin overdose. It's a real problem. Damn. It's such a problem. The industry actually has an organization to help lawyers who are alcoholics and drug addicts. And uh, what's fascinating, though, is that they recognize a serious problem. From day one in law school, what do they have at all the events? Alcohol. Right. Right. It's part of the culture, but it's also a problem. So. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why. My law school was a Christian law school. We never had alcohol. But every other law school, every event is alcohol. What's number so, one? Real estate? Realtors? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't know. I know suicide is dentist, from what I can recall. And attorneys are up there. Attorneys are also up there on the list of most sociopathic. I think 
church pastors are number one. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> it was scary. Not yeah. Politicians are up there. Yeah. Yeah. They got to be way up there. They have to like set the bar. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about the podcast hosts where they fall, but well, sure it's not that high. <laughs> well, I, I haven't, uh, as far as I know, I don't have, of course, alcoholics don't know. Do they? You usually don't know. They have no clue. But I do enjoy drinking during my podcast. So. <laughs> big glass of Jack Daniels. Um, actually, this is um, rum. This is that. Oh, it really is alcohol. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. So, Larry, this was actually an intervention. I'd like you to meet your family, and we'd like to talk about how your behavior has been affecting us in the. The listeners way. are going to get in touch with me and uh, talk me down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with Bill and Chris coming in, oh, I, this isn't the time for me to <laughs> stop drinking. It's, it's time for you just to punch that lever and get it going. <clears throat> I'm trying to kickstart it, knowing they're coming in. Yeah. Hadn't had a drink in months. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Bill. No, it's going to be a good time. So um, we want to talk law, Derek. All right. We want we want to get an understanding of, of what the government is trying to, to do through the ATF right now. How they're using ATF as their tool to get uh, new gun laws and bans and regulations passed, mm -hmm. and they're, Biden's kicking us off here with this this uh, ATF's redefinition or redefining the pistol braces. Mm -hmm. Well, he's not kicking it off with that. I mean, he, he kicked it off with the ghost gun rule. Uh, we knew this was coming when he he publicly said, "Hey, I'm directing the ATF." To come out with two new rules, one dealing with what he calls ghost guns or what the industry commonly refers to as 80% receivers or right. blanks or whatever you want to call it. That was the first rule. And I think the comment period on that may be expiring or has expired. It's getting close. Um, and then the brace rule, he directed them to come out within 60 days. The first one was within 30 days, if I remember correctly. And we knew it was coming. They leaked a similar rule back in, I want to say, November. You may recall that may not there was a, a proposed rule in november that came out um and that rule actually believe it or not liked it better uh, they weren't going to charge you the tax if you registered your brace gun mm -hmm. so the new rule there's no there's no exception so if you have 13 arm brace guns and you want to register on the nfa registry as sbrs you got to pay twenty six hundred dollars because you know 13 times 200 dollars right whatever the number might be so you have to pay the tax still which i find it just constitutionally offensive to be quite honest, but it is what it is. ATS position has always been, so they say that we've never said that you put a brace on your gun that doesn't make it an SBR. We look at it from what we commonly refer to in the law as a totality of the circumstances. So they're going to look at the weight, the length of pool. They're going to look at the type of magazine you're using, the optic. Is there a foreign grip on it? All this nonsense. Uh, and they're going to make a determination as to whether or not it's an SBR. Now, SB Tackle is the inventor of this brace. Um, I can't remember the founder's name. Forgive me if he's listening. Um, but he legitimately designed it. He don't listen assistant. to my podcast. <laughs> okay. I can't even well, get him on the podcast. I, I can't remember his name either. But uh, Nice guy. I've spoken with him at Shot yeah. Show. And he's very passionate about his product. He designed it, I believe, for a friend who was a – a war veteran who had trouble shooting mm -hmm. and legitimately designed it to help with exactly what it's designed to do. And that's the brace against your arm. Right. Um, obviously people in the industry don't use it that way. Just like people in every industry don't necessarily use products that are designed for a certain purpose for that purpose. 
Uh, but nevertheless, an ATF came out with this notice of proposed rulemaking. It was leaked in November that basically said, hey, here are some things we look at. You know, they didn't have any, any uh, there was no form, there was no formula, there's no point system. They just said, these are some of the things we look at. My office actually created a form that kind of made a point system because I said we have to somehow compartmentalize and we have to aggregate and we have to distill this down in some sort of system. So we would look at clients' products and use that pro notice proposed rule and say, well, it, it's likely going to be considered an SBR or it's not. But it was very it was very unknown, right? It was very gray. Like how in the hell is any normal consumer without a legal background going to be able to determine if this thing is – going to cost them literally 10 years in prison, right? If you're caught with an unregistered NFA item, I believe the possible sentence is 10. It's either five or 10 years. It doesn't matter. It's, it's and you lose your guns. Federal prison. What's that? And you lose your guns. You lose your gun rights for the rest of your life. There's no way if you're a federal felon, uh, absent a presidential pardon, to get your gun rights back. That is the only way to get your gun rights back. I can commit murder in the state of Ohio, and I'm eligible to get my gun rights back because it's a state offense. But at the federal level, if I get convicted of mail fraud, don't do a day in jail, I'm never going to get my gun rights back because the president's not going to pardon me. The pardon all his crony friends, but not me. You know, I'm a nobody. So, you know, it, there's serious consequences to this. And I, I, think, I think the public doesn't understand that. You have, you have moms and dads. You have business owners. You have the shopkeep down the street that own these things. And all of a sudden, with a stroke of a pen, they're going to be subject to significant federal incarceration. Like we need more criminals in our jails, right? This is absolutely asinine and absurd. Um, and, and the law is antiquated, right? The whole NFA is antiquated. It was passed in 1934. Most, you know, most rifles were, um, you know, they weren't split receivers. You had mainly um, break action shotguns and revolvers, right? Mm -hmm. And no guns were that short. They just didn't, the technology wasn't there. It's just a completely different world we live in now. And I think obviously the law needs to change. But nevertheless, what Biden is trying to do is shoehorn this product into um, an NFA item to basically ban them. And if you've read the rule, it's so onerous. I would venture to say that 99% of brace guns would be illegal or, or NFA subject to NFA regulation. Mm -hmm. um, break it down to three ways. There, there is, um, let me bring it up so I make sure I get this right. But that's what I was looking it's for. The right form, right? What's what's the ETF good at, Marty? What's the best thing they're 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 greatest at? Making forms, right? <laughs> I mean, how forms. many damn forms can we all name, even if we're not lawyers, that the ETF has? It's crazy. Um, so they're coming out with a form. It's going to be called the forty nine ninety nine, right? So just like the forty four seventy three and the form four four one form five four twenty. Form 23, now we have the 4999. Yeah. And on that, it breaks down, it's essentially a point system where you as a consumer are responsible for looking at this form and determining the factoring criteria of whether or not it's actually an NFA regulated item. And the first section is basic prerequisites. The weapon has to weigh at least 64 ounces. The weapon has to have an overall length between 12 and 26 inches. Completely arbitrary. I have no idea what this is even the, Wait, based on. so they've got a weight limit? Uh, yep. The weapon, I'm reading the form right now. I'm looking at it on the notice of proposed rulemaking on ATF's website, um, or the federal government's website. It says the weapon must weigh at least 64 ounces. Copy and paste weight that weight. link and put it in the chat so I can pull it up here. Yeah, let me, uh, this is the federal red. This is the actual rule. Here's the chat. How do I do this? Chat, there it is. Okay, there you go. 
This is the rule. And it's got a copy of the form in the rule. Okay. Yeah. So on that rule, you'll see section one prerequisites. And it'll say on the right side, it's weighed with the magazine, unloaded, accessories removed. It's going to weigh at least 64 ounces like that. Um, and I don't know their theory or their policy as to why they, they came up with it from something. Length of pool is another good example of that. If I remember correctly, length of pool actually was a term the NRA developed back in like the 70s or something. Um, it's not in the law, but it it's differs from from person to person. What's that? It differs from person to person. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. So when you nobody say has the same length. My wife, who's five foot four, has a very much different length of pool compared to my gigantic long arms. Right? It's just it's a very different thing. Same thing with the weight of the gun. Right? I mean, I can hold a lot more weight than my wife can. Right. Um, and then you look at section one again. Second prerequisite: the weapon must have an overall length between twelve and twenty six inches. Weapon must both. Weapon must meet both prerequisites in order to proceed to section two. So these 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 brace guns have to weigh that much and have to have that much length. Okay, and then you get into the fun stuff, accessory characteristics, where they start assigning point values. And for instance, they you get points based on accessory design, rear surface, so how it looks, you know, how it looks like that matters <laughs> to whether or not it's an SBR. Um, Real surface area of the actual brace itself. I and mean, you know, the SP tacticals have more surface areas. Mm -hmm. I've seen some companies that make uh, blank inserts for the back of the brace. That would be a big problem, obviously. Because um, the design, the point is, is that they don't want it to be used on the shoulder. It can't be designed for that. Right. Adjustability, you lose, uh, I guess you lose point or gain points, how you want to look at it, if the brace is adjustable, right? I don't know why a brace shouldn't be adjustable, right? Why my arm is pretty long, so I might want it to be in different parts of my well, arm. Well, everybody has crazy. different lengths of arms, so it I needs know, to right? adjust. It's just, it, gets crazy. it just gets crazier and crazier. And remember, if you determine that your gun is going to be an FA gun, which it will be when you look at this, you have to still pay the tax. You still have to get the gun engraved. So not only are you paying $200, you also got to pay whatever they're going to charge you $100 to engrave the gun your local gunsmith or whoever does it. Like uh, I did markings in Texas where I said mine. Um, what has, my, what has to get it. the markings, the butts, the, the bray or the gun? The gun. If you're going to register it on the NFA registry on what we call a form one, meaning you're making your own short barrel rifle, mm. you have to engrave the name of the owner, the city and the state to the ETS specifications. Okay. So you have to engrave it. I make my own SBRs. From time to time, I, have, I send it off to be engraved. It has the name of my trust, my city, and my state, right? So that all has to be done if you register these. So let's say hypothetically there's somebody out there who has 13 of these brace guns. So that's $2,600 in tax, plus another, you know, $1,300, give or take, in, in engravings. Engravings. All right. It, 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 it's crazy. It's, it's $4,000. Plus the downtime <laughs> while you're waiting for the, the paperwork. That's right. So there's another option. You can take the brace off and just not have a, a, just, a brace on it at all, or you can put a stock on it and register it, of course. Well, you can have you the, the, uh, the what is it, the the buffer tube. You can just have the buffer tube, but it can't have notches in it. I believe that's, I'd have to double check that. I'm not sure if that's correct. That may be correct. I'm pretty sure um, that's correct. I think I read that. So if you it, take the brace off, it can't have, the buffer tube can't have the notches. Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Because at that um, point, then they go into intention. It will you could put one back on it if you wanted to. You know how you know how they rule stuff. 
Well, and then that's just it, right? So you asked a more general question at the beginning of the podcast, you know, what's going on with ATF and, you know, what, what, how's the government utilizing the ATF? And every time you see a different presidential administration, you see the culture change. You've seen it change from Trump to Biden, especially with the nomination of, of Mr. Chipman, who is a notoriously anti-gunner. There was a video of him. He was being inquired upon in Congress and he blatantly came out and said that he doesn't think AR-15 should be legal. Like, they just should be illegal. He was one of the uh, co-founders of the, uh, was it the Brady Foundation? Yeah, Mom with in Action, the, the, the uh, uh, Every Town for Gun Safety, one of those organizations. They yeah. all kind of are in bed together with each other one way or another. But yeah, I mean, he's notoriously day, anti-gun, his, his whole background. It's, it's absolutely anti-gun. It's absolutely anti-constitutional, in my opinion. At the end of the day, what you have here is an agency that takes advantage of very nebulous laws that have a lot of gray built in. Well, and I'm talking about a point in this David Chipman guy. He is, there's no bones about it. He is anti-gun. There's there's no hiding oh, yeah. it. You know, I don't think he's yeah. even denying it. He is completely anti-gun, and they're wanting to yeah. appoint him to the ATF, this uh, government entity that determines what's legal and what's not legal. I mean, they don't make the laws, but they, they make suggestions that then lawmakers go and based on their suggestions, you know, form their laws on. Right. They assist with the promulgation of the rules and how to interpret the law. Yeah. And, and that's the problem. It's they're They are assigned this authority that completely changes how the law has been enforced for years and years and years. You've seen it with the bump stock ban. Now, look, I'm not saying bump stock are these, these great inventions that should be, you know, in every household. I, but I it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's yeah. exactly right because they they were absolutely not machine guns. And all of a sudden, because something tragic happened, we're just going to say the law means something different. That's that's called a lack of absolute truth. And we need, uh, we need absolute truth in the law. Or how else do you know you're breaking the law, right? Mm-hmm. And this is why we have a Congress to pass new laws. And if they can't get them passed, well, gee, maybe there's a, a reason why they can't be passed. Well, speaking right? of the I mean, the uh, bump stock, isn't isn't wasn't that overturned? It's. I think it's still currently being litigated. I believe um, as to one of the plaintiffs, it would stay, meaning it's not going to be enforced against that person until the litigation resolves itself. I have not heard that that litigation has resolved itself. Okay. So last I today, heard, I believe the rule still stands. Yeah, the Ninth Circuit Court deemed it unconstitutional. Uh, we did. Yeah. Okay. So that only applies in the Ninth Circuit then. It doesn't necessarily apply countrywide. Sure. So if the feds wanted to enforce it in my circuit, the Sixth Circuit, they could. Now, obviously, the Ninth Circuit's opinion would be persuasive, but it's not binding on the Sixth Circuit. Let me see here. Bump stock. Maybe it was the Sixth Circuit Court that did it. That's, our, that's, that's Ohio and part of Kentucky and maybe Michigan. I can't remember. Let's look here. Let's find out. I'm sure Federal Appeals Court tosses out challenge to bump stock ban. This is three weeks ago. There you go. Yeah. It says they tossed out the challenge to it. Oh, the challenge. Right. So let me read real quick. This is on the Hill. Federal Appeals Court Thursday tossed out. A challenge to the federal ban on bump stock devices that allow weapons to fire at more rapid pace. Fourth, U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that Daniel Patrick, the gunner who brought the case, did not have standing. So they ruled on a procedural matter, I guess. Um, but I think there was a few of them. Tenth uh, Circuit Court reverses course, lets decision on bump stock ban. Yeah. So I still think it's kind of working its way through the courts, but we're not. Ha- I don't think yeah. we're having any 
giant luck where there's just this great decision. That's but it's not, no, but it's not dead. They're still fighting it. Um, I believe that's correct. I do believe that's correct. But it's just tied up in a bunch of lawsuits. But until then, that ruling is still there. You can't. Yeah, and if the Supreme Court doesn't take it, then where are you at? I mean, you have just a patchwork of conflicting laws. It might be legal in one jurisdiction and not legal in another, right? Right. So it's problematic. Um, but back to the brace, um, if you pull up the um, actual form, you can follow along and just kind of read some of this nonsense on what they're going to look at. And then it gets into Section 3. I've kind of covered briefly Section 2, and it goes to the configuration of the weapon. Where it talks about length of pull. Um, and it gives points depending on the length of pull, mm. not the user. It should get points based on the user and their length of pull, right? Um, it gives uh, points based on attachment method, modifications and configuration, and peripheral accessories. You get four points if it's configured weighing more than 120 ounces. Uh, presence of a bipod or monopod, two points. Presence of a sight scope with eye relief incompatible with one-handed fire. Four points. And how many That's points crazy. does it take to, to make one a I think four? I looked at it the other day. I think it's four points. Let me look. It's hard to read this dang thing. It's completely ridiculous. Oh, it's just and remember, you're supposed to figure this out, right? I mean um, handguns have sights on them. Here, it's at the very bottom, Marty. It says a score of four points or more yeah. indicates a shorter fire design. So the, literally, the simple addition of a secondary grip, it's an SBR. That, that simple addition is enough to make it an SBR. Because it makes it more deadlier. <laughs> more deadly. Because President Biden wants it, the people who put him in the office want it. That's why. Let's be honest. Let's just be honest. They want to ban guns. Until, and then they say they don't, but they do. We all know they do. It's one thing after another. Well, they're basically redefining what a rifle is, too. They're trying to redefine I, what a rifle yeah. is. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. It's just nutty. And what can everybody do? You asked me that at the beginning of the class. Look, you have to make your comments heard. Um, there's a comment period. I think it ends in 85 days. It just opened up, I think, on June 6th. You can do it by fax. You can do it by mail. Or you can do it through their online portal. So uh, you need to make your comments heard. People need to get their voices out there. The problem is, is when the rule passes, I don't see a Republican president rescinding it because what's the political gain, right? I, and I don't care what party you are. You make decisions based on the gain that affects you, right? You need some sort of benefit. I don't know what benefit they're going to get by overturning that rule. It, it, once it's there, it's there, it's just in my opinion. Yeah. Um, SB Tactical, I think, has a link. Yeah, so if you go to SB Tactical, of course, on their front page there, they've got a link. Uh, and if you're watching on the video, you just saw me go there. I clicked on that link, and then it brought you to it's basically their summary of what the proposed rule is. So they've got it uh, summarized here, everything that uh, Derek was just going over there. Um, they've got the, the highlights uh, dotted on there, impact of the proposed rule. Uh, and then there's a link as you go on down, Federal Register uh, Factoring Criteria for the Firearm. with uh, So link to comment. So if you click there, it takes you to the Federal Register. Yeah, I just sent you the link, the direct link to there. Okay. To the comment period. So in that page you're looking on, if you keep going down, you'll find, there it is, regulations.gov. You just passed it. Right here? Right there. That's how you can submit your comments. You can see it under the word addresses. There's three ways. Right here? Yeah. There it is. 
So you uh, may submit comments identified by docket number ATF 2021R08 by any of the following methods. Federal e-rulemaking portal, and there's a link there. Follow the instructions for submitting comments. You mail it, and it gives you the uh, mailing address, and then there's a fax. So you can fax it in. It's 202-648-9741. And then there's instructions. All submissions received should include the agency name and docket number, ATF 2021R-08, for this notice of proposed rulemaking. All properly completed comments received will be posted without change to the federal e-rulemaking portal, www.regulations.gov, including any personal information provided. For detailed instructions on submitting comments and additional information on the rulemaking process, see the public participation heading of the supplementary information section of this document. Uh, and then it goes on and yeah, gives you... Yeah, it gets into the rule. I mean, there's... Just there's, yeah. there's just look at all this. How many people do you and I know that own a couple guns, but they're not really in the industry like you and I are? Right? They don't live and breathe it, so they probably don't even know this is going on. Right, exactly. They have no idea. How many people? They just bought their only AR. They're never going to buy another one. Two so, years ago, and the dealer happened to talk them into an arm brace. Yeah, and all of a sudden they're a felon. Yeah. And, you know, and hopefully somebody just stumbled across the podcast and they're hearing this and they're listening to it and they're like, oh, shit, I need to go tell my buddy across the street. I need to go tell my aunt. I need to go tell my uncle. I need to go tell – you tell everybody. You tell anybody and everybody, even people you don't know, yeah. and they need to take you action. You got me amped and, up on my birthday, Marty. Thanks. Do what? <laughs> you got me amped up on my birthday. <laughs> I'm trying to get that blood flowing, buddy. Make you feel young again. I mean, look, I, I'm not berating the ETF. They have a job to do. It is what it is. You know, we have a great working relationship with them traditionally. But you know what? They shouldn't have a job to do. There should not be. Uh, there should be no NFA. You know. Well, half, half of the federal government shouldn't exist, in my opinion. Yeah, so exactly, exactly. And this is this is a great place to start. You know, uh, sizing down the government is the, the ATF. Get rid of the ATF. Yeah. Um, wasn't it Rand Paul who proposed that be rid of the ATF, or was it Ron Paul? Might have been Ron Paul. I don't know, but he should be president. <laughs> Good luck. Or something. Anyway, he should be the leader of the ATF. Um, but yeah, Ron Paul calls to abolish ATF in 2007. So I was Ron. But I mean, if you're sitting at home and you're listening to this, you're like, you know, I'm not going to do that. It's not going to make a difference. There's nothing I can do to do it. But yeah, there is. The more people yeah. that they hear from and they they see that this is something that is not a popular decision, then they're going to think twice about it. Now, they could still go ahead and do it, you know, no matter what. Cuz that's I what happened with the that's what happened with the bump stocks. You know, popular yeah. vote and comments were don't do it, but they still went ahead and did it. So, yeah. But at least everybody goes on record and if anything ever comes up again, then, you know, it, it proves the backing. You know, it just shows that there is a backing, there is support for it. And they, you know, they're supposed to be showing all the results, too, the number of people that write in, right? Don't they, in that public Right. Record? And even if, even if your listeners don't have one, you have to understand that this is just one item. It's just going to be another item tomorrow. And when the hell did a brace become like this deadly instrument? When it, what? 
when has that ever been like an issue where that's what led to uh, massive deaths? When did a weapon under 16 inches become more deadly than a weapon over 16 inches? The the shooter in Dayton, Ohio, I think used a brace, but that's not why he was effective. I would, at least that's what I would argue. He could have done that with a normal length mil spec AR 15 just as easily. Yeah. Uh, Here's what it is. I'm talking to the wall here, so just, right. Well, and it goes back to the bump stock too. Of course, you know their their big springboard on that was the Las Vegas shooter. You know he used sure. a bump stock, and no, before that nobody really even heard of a bump. They're like, what's a bump stock? Right. And then the people in the community, like you and me, were like, it's a gimmick. You know, it's 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 a novelty yeah. item. It's not something that I would ever want or use. But at the same right. time, you know, I. Like you, you know, I see where they're going with it. They take this, you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. So even yeah. though I, you know, I could care less about a bump stock, I still voiced my opinion and showed my uh, opposition to it. Um, and Marty, here's the thing, you know, I've lived long enough, you lived long enough to know what's what, what the trajectory is. You know, they, it's always something more. We give them this, they're going to want something more. We give them that, it's something more. And pretty soon they've eaten enough bites of the cake, there's no cake left for anybody. Yeah. So, and this gets back to what I was talking about earlier too, is like, so by using the ATF, they're kind of circumventing the laws, right? Uh, yeah, in layman's term, yeah, there's, there's legal jurisprudence on the authority that agencies and departments have. I mean, they're not allowed to write the law, but they write the rules on how the law is enforced and what it means and things like that. And uh, I know there's been some lawsuits filed in the gun arena to try and challenge that, predominantly with the bump stock ban. But we've not, to my knowledge, gotten a lot of traction with that. But yeah, you know, you have these laws that need to be enforced, and the ATF takes advantage of that, in my opinion, depending on what who what the political climate is. Yeah, and that's what that's what Biden is doing is he's trying to circumvent our normal standard operation procedures for you know passing laws like this. And he's, mm-hmm. he's going through and using the ATF to redefine basically what something is, just like they did with the the bump stocks, calling them machine guns. Right. Where, you know, there's nothing about a bump stock that even comes close to the definition of, of what a machine gun is. And that, that that's what I was reading man. earlier, too, you know, and that, that was the argument, and that's why it was being overturned, is because, you know, the bump stock does nothing for one pu- one one trigger pull— one bullet. It still does that. You still one trigger pull, one bullet instead of one trigger pull, multiple bullets coming out. Sure. I mean, even multiple, well, but you still only get one bullet come out with <laughs> at a time, well, even on saw, full auto. You saw a lot of problems with how the law was written in 19, 19, 1968. I had a brain fart. But back then when they defined firearm. You saw this in the new notice proposed rulemaking with regards to ghost guns, and they started talking about split receivers and the AR style gun, right? Because the way they define firearm, because not all the necessary components were housed in one one receiver, the upper or the lower, neither was actually considered a firearm, right? right. You look at the definition, it has to include, I'm going to butcher this, um, it has to include the uh, bolt or breech lock, the hammer. And there's another component. But in the AR, you know, the bolts in the upper and everything else is in the lower. There's actually a case about this that was cited by ATF. It's called the Roe case out of California, R-O-H. And uh, forgive me if I get the facts wrong. I'm doing this from memory. But if I remember correctly, this gentleman would sell uh, unfinished lower receivers 
And basically they would come to his store and he said, put it in this machine and hit the red button and voila, there's a gun. And they were prosecuting him for this. And, he, and his attorney very smartly said, that's not a gun. The bolt's not housed in it. And that doesn't meet the definition. And he won, right? So that scared the ATF because now AR-15s aren't guns mm-hmm. at all, subject to any regulation. Um, so, but that's how the ATF's always enforced ARs because technology is advanced beyond the law. But that's Congress's job. That's what our tax dollars pay these assholes for, right? Is rewrite the law, make it conform to today's time if you want. Don't just make it up as you go on some political win. Actually have a debate about it. Let's do your job. Anyways, <laughs> piss me off. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to do that on your birthday. And since you brought up California. <laughs> yes. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, California uh, ruling by Judge um, Benitez, mm-hmm. Roger Benitez, B-E-N-I-T-E-Z. Um, he is a, a senior United States district judge on the United States Court of the Southern District of California. He was appointed by George W., mm-hmm. and uh, he has been uh, a pain in California's ass uh, for a while. And I guess his his one before this was, we talked about it earlier, the um, magazines. Was it the magazine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saying that was un, unconstitutional. Uh, well, yeah, he's he getting a lot of heat for the new one, too. He's They're really coming after him for it. But the yeah. nice thing about being a federal judge is you can't be, you really can't be fired. You have to be impeached. The governor of California bashed him. It's the, um, the corrupt government there in California that's really attacking him and attacking mm-hmm. his decision. Um, for instance, California appeals court ruling upended assault weapons ban. Sacramento, California. California's governor denounced its starkly personal terms. Uh, wait a minute. California's governor denounced in starkly personal terms a federal judge's upending of the state's restrictions on assault weapons as officials announced the filing Thursday of a formal notice that they will appeal the decision. They described last week's ruling by U.S. District Judge Roger Benitez as an outlier that conflicts with at least six other federal decisions upholding assault weapon laws in California and elsewhere, a ruling that is designed to get the issues before a recently more conservative U.S. Supreme Court. And, of course, that's the Newsom douche. Um, yeah, and then obviously the media started spinning everything. I mean, some of the points the judge made out was this law, I think, passed in 89, if I remember correctly, after a shooting. And he said, look, it's a failure, right? It hasn't actually prevented any more mass shootings. It's, it's not working, right? So it's that's part of the constitutional analysis for balancing, you know, um, uh, the protection of society versus, you know, the, the infringement on someone's civil liberties. Um, it's called the standard of review when you challenge something that's constitution and there's different standards and regarding guns, they, the Supreme Court has not decided what standard to use for, for layman's terms for your listeners. It's basically an easy, medium and hard standard. And depending on what the right is, it will be applied against that standard. Like freedom of speech, I believe is applied against the hard standard. So it takes a lot for the government to regulate freedom of speech. And most of the courts on guns have been coming down to the middle. Right now, they won't do the easy one because Scalia basically shut that out of the park in the Heller decision. So that's it's not going to be what we call rational basis. It's got to be something higher than that or a heightened scrutiny, as they say. Um, and the, I actually had a case uh, in the Sixth Circuit where I argued it should be strict scrutiny. And I had a judge agree with me, but the other two judges did not. 
Um, and when you read these decisions, it's just not based in anything. It's very short. It's very not well thought out or analyzed. But Benitez's opinion is well thought out. It's well supported. Uh, in the Sixth Circuit, when we had the case that um, uh, set the standard as the hard standard, the strict scrutiny standard, I think it was written by Justice Boggs. It, he, he went through every jurisdiction that wrote that it should be a, 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 the middle standard. And he just annihilated every one of them. Just and then they overruled him on bonk, meaning the entire court got together and said you're wrong, and here's why. And that decision was garbage. So it's just it's just politics at its best. But I think his decision is right. Um, I think he used the term that the Air 15 is a Swiss Army knife of guns. Does that sound right? <laughs> yeah, he compared it to a Swiss Army knife, which I didn't think was a very stellar comparison, but you know whatever. <laughs> yeah, you did that, and they they had a field day with that. So oh, it's much more deadly. It's not army knife. Well, more people are killed by <laughs> knives than firearms. So you asked me before the show started, you know, about the stay. I think he put it on an automatic stay on the decision. Yeah, so he made the decision, and then he's then he put a stay on it after he made the decision. And I was asking you, why would he do that? Why would well, he just because I mean he's a federal judge, and it was ruled unconstitutional. Well, well, he did. It's pretty common, I think. Um, he knows it's going to be appealed. I think it was request. It might have been requested by uh, the government to put the stay on. That stay, just so you know, will likely be extended. It's going to take more than thirty days for the appeal to wind its way through the courts. Yeah. Which so is what, exactly what they did on the magazine ban. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why there wasn't a stay, or if there was a stay and it expired. I don't think there was a stay, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. But I haven't researched this, but my guess is that, you know, they're appealing it. The government requested it. So instead of rocking the boat, let's wait to see how the appeals court fleshes it out. Yeah. So it doesn't create more guns and, you know, to the marketplace that are illegal. But that's the thing. Same thing with, will overturn it. But the I same thing with the magazine, the state is still appealing the 2017 ruling that he did on the magazines. And didn't the state get, didn't they put a stay in place? Yeah. They put a stay yeah, So people, right. I mean, he's, it's ruled that it's unconstitutional, but they're appealing it. And during the appeals process, nobody can, can still, they can't buy the that's magazines. Right. They can't have the magazines, even though right. it's been determined. Yeah. yeah, I thought that's what happened. Yeah. But it's not uncommon to have stays on things like that. It doesn't surprise me. Um, I don't think the Ninth Circuit's going to uphold his decision. I think they'll overturn it just based on historic precedent in that area. It's a very liberal court. Mm. Now, Trump has done a good job of putting in judges in that area, right? Trump did one really good thing, and that was his judicial appointments. So maybe we'll get lucky and we'll get the right panel. And, and But even if the panel rules in favor of what the judge said at the district level, that can still be overturned on bonk, which means that the entire court gets together and says, we don't like what these three judges decided. We're going to do something different. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it can go up to the Supreme Court. So this is going to take years to be resolved. If the Supreme Court will be hear it, they might not hear it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just yeah. for, for California, you know, it sucks. To, to get does, this great you know, news, and then all of a sudden it's like, but yeah, you still can't. It's a great, no, we needed the victory. You need the, It's easier to keep winning if you win from the start. That's absolutely true. Yeah. But it's California. I feel like the Republicans let that state go the way of the, the, the dodo bird probably 10, 20 years ago. They just kind of gave up on it. So let's see. Um, you were talking about the Swiss Army. I was trying to find his um, statement about the Swiss Army knife. Uh, statement. Compared to the AR-15 rifle to a Swiss Army knife has no basis in law or fact. 
The ban on assault weapons will not put an end to all gun violence, but it is one important tool to s- the state has to protect the safety of Californians while also respecting the rights of law-abiding residents who choose to possess firearms. We have appealed the district court's ruling and will continue our defense of the state's uh, common sense gun laws. This is the Benita guy. Yeah, the uh, Wall Street Journal said he stated to give them a chance to appeal, which is what I figured. Um, usually your your appeal window is 30 days, so it's in line with the appeal window. And then the appeals court will take it over and go from there. Um, but they keep stating yeah. that California's assault weapons ban has saved lives, which they have no facts to back that up uh, with. It's they use the statistics. They they just they cherry pick, right? I mean, of you course. can you can say, well, California. I think what they said, Marty, is California has lower deaths than the entire country. Well, you can't say that's directly the result of your ban. Mm-mm. There's so many variables, right? Yeah. I mean, you could name all kinds of variables. The cultures changed. I don't know. People became more Christian. I don't know. Whatever it might be, there's all <laughs> kinds of different variables. I think that could play a part in that. I think violent deaths worldwide have gone progressively gone down over the years. Um, and you can't just say it's because of these laws. I just think that's just uh, intellectually dishonest. Well, people are living longer, you know. People live longer than general. It's, that's because of science. Because of, I think it's because of many. They should they should outlaw science. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to find his Swiss Army. Outlaw science. You ever you have any neighbors where you live that have those sign, the signs up front that just to let you know this is what I believe and there's like ten things listed. You ever seen those? No, and uh, signs. Yeah, there's these yard signs. No, we don't allow there. those here. You know, say, I believe in we don't allow in free house, speech here. You know, in this house, we believe in science. We believe in equality. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you for telling me. Like, I needed to know that. Right. I really could care less what you believe in. It's just virtue signaling, man. It's nonsense. This is why I'm moving. I'm getting out of the city. I can't find that quote either, but he definitely made it. I keep yeah, getting this Benita douche. Well, good for him for standing up in an atmosphere that's not too friendly to him. Swiss Army. Swiss Army knife or AR-15. Who is Roger Reina's? It's a good thing I had it. Might have to read the opinion to get the actual verbiage. I mean, it's got to go. be here. I've read it like 10 times. I just can't find it now. Went on Twitter, I think. Give me a second here. All right, quote. Uh, this is from Guns Down America, whatever that is. It okay. Sound good, but they quoted him, so hopefully it's accurate. I don't know if it is, guys. Just FYI. It says, according to Judge Rod- Roger Benitez, quote, like the Swiss Army knife, the popular AR-15 rifle is a perfect combination of home defense weapon and homeland defense equipment. So, And then they have this thing on their blog about the differences between the two. One's not a gun, you idiots. <laughs> right. He missed the point. He missed the point. <sighs> anyway, um, that's something to keep an eye on, and you know, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's really not much we can do other than you talk to no. your congressman, you talk to your local um, politicians, officials. Well, the number one thing your listeners can do with regards to something like that is they have to vote in the presidential election. The president is the one who gets to nominate federal judges and make these decisions. And like I said, Trump really did his best to really affect the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. So let's see what happens. But make sure you're voting the presidential elections. And they also get to appoint the head of the ATF. (laughs) We haven't had an actual director of ATF since when? How long ago was that? It's been a long time. Am I still sharing Um, my screen? Was it 2000? 
2013, I think. Todd Jones, was that it? That sounds right. Barack Obama, Todd Jones, I think that was it. Yeah. And then we just have acting directors after that because they can't get through the Senate. But anyways. So is this guy, is he... Is he the head of the ATF now, or is he still no, acting? Um, he'll, he'll never get confirmed. I just don't think it'll happen. He'll be the acting director. Well, look, he can still do a lot of damage as acting director. He already is. He yeah. Sets, yeah. He sets the tempo. He sets the culture. So look what he's doing. Yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting. I mean, there is an article I saw a couple weeks ago that really kind of threw – was trying. it kind of made the ATF look bad because they're like, look, there's all these – uh, uh, mistakes being made and no one's getting revoked. They just settle these cases. And I just don't know if that's going to influence the ATF to come out harder on FFLs or not. We'll have to wait and see, you know, but you know, if they want a sharp pen, when they come to visit your store, they're going to have a sharp pen. If you get one thing wrong, they can revoke you because those laws, it's a kangaroo court at a revocation hearing. I've been through them. Yeah. There's no evidence that you get before the, the hearing, the hearing officer is a retired ATF agent. No one's put under oath. <laughs> you have no right to discovery. It's all nonsense. So let's let's back up just a little bit, just so people understand what what the ATF is doing. It's it's not it's not a law at this point. What they're saying this is just their recommendation on how if if somebody's faced with a lawsuit, how it would be judged. Is that right? Am I saying that um, right? I think I know what you're trying to say, Marty. So I'm going to say it another way. You yes. Tell me if I'm right. Um, if you're referring to the new notice of proposed rulemaking, correct? For yeah, for the pistol brace. Right. Yeah. So what a notice of proposed rulemaking is is the the uh, tasked agency here, the ATF, uh, being requested by the executive branch to issue a new rule on the enforcement of the National Firearms Act and Gun Control Act as it applies to short barrel rifles in conjunction with arm braces. So that's what they came out with. They're saying this is how we think the law. It was intended when it was written. We think this is how it should be enforced. We want to adopt this as the actual enforcement. So we would come under what we call the Code of Federal Regulations, which is essentially a supplement, if you will, to the law, right, and how we're going to enforce it. Further defines things and fleshes things out. So that's what it is. And so you have 90-day comment period by law, and the window just opened, I think, on June 6th, if I remember correctly. And during the comment period... This is where you, John Public, get to state right. your reason as to why you disagree in a respectful manner. Uh, yeah. Uh, because they, I, from what I understand, that they won't consider anything that's, uh, you know, if you're using inflammatory language and threats and stuff like that, then they just toss those out, from my understanding. Probably. Yeah, and remember, this is not to say that if you currently have a braced AR-15 with a night force optic on it and a mono, you know, mono bipod on the end and a flashlight and a 60-round magazine that that's legal today. The ATF has never said that, right? They just said that when you look at the brace in and of itself, it's just a brace. And you could put it on an AR-15 and it could still be a handgun, but they're not saying – they never said it always was right mm -hmm. so what they've done with this rule is to try to pr provide finality that definitiveness if you will the problem is it's the way that they're looking at this is so overly broad none of them are legal almost none of them mm -hmm. even the people that have significant war injuries from iraq like a lot of my friends that have trouble with dexterity or using their arms and everybody knows military people love guns and so this is probably going to predominantly affect people like that you know the actual handicapped people that need that item 
Right. So as it stands right now, people don't need to do anything with their pistol braced firearms at, at this point in time. Yeah. It, it, me and you talking, I would tell you that informally what my, my opinion is, is that you have a very small amount of risk of being prosecuted for anything. Could they? Yeah. They can make an argument. Cause again, there's never been a rule saying that arm braces are legal when attached to your gun. Cause they look at the overall apparatus, right? And they've always taken that position according to them. Mm-hmm. So they could prosecute you today for it, but they can't prosecute you based on the enforcement of this new rule because it hasn't taken effect yet, right? So it'd be very difficult for them to prosecute, right? Because there's no there's no bright line rule. They want this bright line rule because it gives them power to prosecute, right? It makes their case much stronger. Right. It makes it easier for them to convict you because now here's the criteria. You feel the criteria, go to prison. Right, which goes back to my original is like this is this is ammo or a tool for the prosecutors to use when or if you have to go to court over it i think that's a fair that's a fair partial assessment of the overall situation sure yeah so so i'm hesitant to say you know don't you know don't start modifying your your pistols right now because this could this could go away right I mean, it could get overturned, could get dropped. Just kind of like theoretically, it. yes. I don't see that writing on the wall, though. Yeah, you think it's going to go all the way through? Yeah, I do. I'm. I would bet money on it. And then really millions of people are going to be felons overnight. So your options are going to be, let's say, if this goes through, we, you talked a little bit about them, but so your options would be to scale them down to the point criteria that they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, or right. remove remove the brace in a fashion that returns it back to uh, a pistol, and I mm-hmm. and we're kind of in question right now whether that means you got to take your buffer tube off and get a pistol buffer tube, or not a yeah, pistol buffer I, yeah, tube, I but a uh, yes, I don't know for certain a smooth uh, buffer tube, non notched, um, or you turn your firearms in, you turn them over. Basically, confiscation. Yes, you, it's yeah, confiscation. You can do that. ATF will accept them. Yes, they're not going to give you a dime for them. No, uh-uh. no. Uh, but that's that's basically your three options, right? Yeah, I'm looking. They actually talk about the options. I'm trying to find them real quick. Uh, this is a different design. Stand rule so long. I'm just trying to find it real quick. I uh, know uh, it's it's ridiculously is, long. I think that's part of the reason why they do it. Um, maybe destruction. You know, keyword. Here we go. I found it. All right. Current unlicensed possessors. In order to comply with the provisions of the NFA, current unlicensed possessors of a firearm equipped with stable laser and brace and a barrel length of less than 16 inches will qualify as an SBR, as indicated in ATF Worksheet 4999, have one of the following actions before the effective date of a final rule. So you know the effective date will probably take from today eight months to years, my guess, because they have a 90-day comment period. Then it's going to be published in the register for a certain amount of time before it actually takes effect. So there's, there's some time. But before the effective date of that final rule, you can, one, permanently remove or alter the stabilizing brace such that it cannot be reattached, thus converting the firearm back to its original pistol configuration, as long as it was originally configured without a stock and as a pistol, and thereby removing it from regulation as a quote-unquote firearm under the NFA. Exercising this option would mean the pistol would no longer be equipped with the stabilizing brace within the meaning of the proposed rule. That's number one. Number two, 
remove the short barrel and attach a 16-inch or longer barrel to the firearm, thus removing it from the provisions in the NFA. Number three, destroy the firearm. ATF will publish information regarding proper, proper destruction on its website. Number four, turn the firearm into your local ATF office. And then number five, complete and submit an application to make and register a firearm, Form 1. As part of the submission, pay the tax of $200. It's required. And then you have to engrave the firearm with the name, city, and state of the maker of the firearm, all other markings, blah, 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 blah. So that's basically it. So you register it, you can destroy it, you can turn it in, or you can reconfigure it. So one of those options wouldn't be an option if you bought it from the manufacturer as a as a pistol, correct? So if you change the barrel length, the one that you bought from a manufacturer, because it's registered as a pistol, so then you you can't change it to a rifle at that point. Is that, is that my understanding? Man, I'm going to have to, have to think about that one to make sure I'm not wrong. I hear what you're saying. I understand the question. I've addressed it in the past. I just need to really kind of think about it and analyze that before I provide an answer. Yeah. I think you're right. I believe you're right, but I'm not certain. Because at that point, that that's what it was registered at. So if you buy... One from Palmetto State Armory. That's a mm-hmm. pistol. Right. And then this drops, and you're like, well, I'll just add a 16-inch barrel to it. That's not going to be a solution. It's my understanding. You're, I think your thinking is correct. I just I just can't give you an answer today. I need to look at the rags on it. Because okay. this is getting Something to think where, about. Yeah, something to think right. about. Because that's going to be an issue for people. Absolutely. And this is the kind of area that I deal with that you would think common sense would prevail, but it doesn't. So yeah, I really have to dig into the regs every time I get asked questions like that to make sure I'm right because the consequences are criminal if I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, I mean, millions of people are going to be be felons, going to be criminals. As soon Do we know as, as any numbers on how many are in the marketplace? Have you seen any statistics 10, on that? 10 to 40 million? <laughs> I don't know, something like that. Google, maybe Google knows. I think 10 million. I was listening to an interview with Oh, and that guy's name that we were trying to think of at uh, SB is, I just had it here. Where's my SB tactical? Let's do it again. He said he's made at least $3 million of one of their mm-hmm. designs, just one of their designs. He said, I've, I've sold $3 million of just one of them. I mean, they're everywhere. They really are. It, it became so prolific that they were just standard fare on most, a lot of AR-15s. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the... I think, was it the CZ uh, Scorpion used them? Or maybe not. Yeah. I can't remember. Uzi. Uh, Uzi is doing Strybog. Strybog used them. Strybog. Uzi is, is using them. Yep. Um, the variants on the MP5, they were using them. Yep. Yeah. Crazy. His name is something Boz or Bose or Alec Bosco. Sounds right. Yeah, Alex Bosco, USMC, an Army vet, retired Alex Bosco, was shooting with a disabled combat veteran when the range master asked Bosco's friend to stop firing for safety concerns due to lack of control. Determined to help his friend and other wounded combat veterans, Bosco had an idea. He produced the first pistol stabilizing brace prototype uh, in his garage, and the Mm -hmm. rest is history. So that's him, Alex Bosco. Well, I hope he made all his money. <laughs> well, I just hope something can be done about this. I hope enough people speak up. And and that's not the only thing that you can do, but that is that is like the most powerful thing you can do right now is go to that link that we said, uh, which was on this website. Uh, register.gov, I think. Register.gov. 
And SB Tactical has a link. You can go to their website. There's several. I'll have a link in the show notes uh, to this. Right. Just, please, yeah, so you go to my show notes. I'll have a link there where you can go also. Um, but just being vocal and talking to people about this and educating, uh, like I said, educating the uneducated. We're, we're preaching to the choir. You know, you lead heads, you know what's going on here. But, uh, I mean, you, you see the importance of this and where it's headed and what it could lead to. And, uh, and unless we speak up and speak around, you can't sit around and be quiet and just hope it goes away because it's not going to. It's going to get worse. So you you gotta you gotta put the bug in these jack wagons ears and let them know that what they're doing is wrong. It's unconstitutional, and we don't want it. So let your your senators, your representatives, uh, state, local, uh, you know, let your freaking mayor know. You just never know who's got somebody else's ear. So let everybody know where you stand on it and do it in a you know don't be a douchebag about it. You know. Don't be abrasive about it. Just do it in a calm, educational, matter-of-fact manner. State the facts, and uh, that'll go a lot further than um, profanity and that kind yeah. of stuff. No, yeah, take the higher ground. Absolutely. It's most effective. But rise up. Burn down the man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not encouraging anybody to do anything like that. No, I'm, I'm not either until it comes to that. <laughs> I'm gonna remain silent. There's a time and a place for everything. Yeah. Um. But yeah, was there anything else that we were we we're going to talk about? Those are the two main things, and we had talked a little. Oh, the red flag laws is another thing that they're. Yeah. You know, they're trying so, to cram down our throats. Well, uh, yeah, that's a state issue. All Biden had ATF do was make a, a generalized proposed law that states could adopt. You know, whatever it's useless unless the states adopt it. So. Yeah. I'm not overly concerned with the Ohio. They, the governor's been wanting that. Our Republican governor's been wanting that since the Dayton shooting. But that's another not, thing that you know you still gotta you gotta put it on the forefront of your representative's mind and let them know that you're not behind something like that. Well, I think Ohio's a really good case study in that, right, Marty? Because mm-hmm. we have a governor that very much wants red flag laws, but our Congress people that we put, we call the General Assembly that we put into office have said no. F you, they've even written vetoes on gun bills that he won't sign. So, you know, you have to elect the right people. You got to get the right people in office. Exactly. And it starts locally. It starts Absolutely. grassroots. Starts as, as your class uh, president. <laughs> who you elect right. in, you know, in yeah. high school, who your class president starts there. Yeah, it, it really does. It really does. Yeah. Those people probably become politicians because that's what they're into. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I hope this has been an enjoyable birthday uh, for you, Derek. Uh, I appreciate it, Marty. I didn't Sorry mean to get, get your your blood pressure up too much. Uh, I was hoping you'd have a <laughs> you'd have a drink with me, a little ce- <laughs> celebratory drink. Uh, we'll do that next yeah, time. I have bourbon in the house. It's not here long. It usually gets drank. So we'll do that next time. And I think I think what we're planning on doing is making this like a monthly thing, Leadheads, with Derek and Munitions Law. And if this is something you guys would like to like us to do you know, like once a month. I don't know when you know we do it, first of the month, end of the month, something like that. We may just do it different intervals, just whatever, because you're a busy man. Uh, so whenever we can yeah. we can get you, uh, just update us on all the latest uh, gun laws that are being proposed, trying to be passed, that are coming up, maybe things that we should be looking for uh, and that we need mm-hmm. to interpret. 
So we'll get the gun lawyer, Derek DeBross, with Munitions Law on and answer your questions. Yeah, and I could probably bring some colleagues from time to time. And That would be fun. That would be good. Yeah. Yeah, and we were thinking about a name to call it. We were talking about that, too. That's right. So if we did have a segment like that, Leadheads, what would be a, a good name uh, for that? I'm thinking the the gun lawyer, something along those lines, like outlaw, call it. I like the law dog. Law don't go around here. Law dog. Law dog. Bringing out the law. <laughs> the outlaw. Bringing out the law. Panning out the law. Yeah, I don't know. Shuffling I told you I'm not good with that stuff, but yeah. Yeah. It, I'm like one of those that I'll sit there and think about it, and then I'll quit thinking about it, and I'll be like eating dinner, or I'll be out with some friends, and then it'll hit me. You know, something will hit me, and then yeah. like, that's what it's got to be. Well, we should uh, discuss the law over some bourbon next time. That might be a little more fun. I think that's what we need to do, but um, leadheads, talkinglead at gmail.com. Shoot me an email and uh, let me know your interest level in doing a legal um, segment, legal show with Derek and, um, you know, asking, of course, taking your questions like we normally do and then answering your questions. Uh, And and I apologize because this was kind of a short notice show. Uh, I normally will make a post and get our listeners to to post questions, so I didn't have an opportunity to do that in time for this episode. Uh, But I know that uh, last episode we had a ton of questions, so um, there's no telling what kind of questions we'll get, but we'll do that too. We'll set that up and maybe, maybe Derek, we'll do like a live thing. Yeah. That'd be great. If you, if you have the ability to do that, I've always wanted to do that. It's yeah. For me to do on YouTube. No, absolutely. Yeah. I definitely can, can do a live uh, thing. Maybe we do, do a couple on air and then we'll do a few live or something like that. Like before we start recording, sure. We'll get on and we'll answer a few live questions um, before we start recording. Sure. I think that would be, that would be pretty good. Um, I've done radio shows like that before. It's always enjoyable. Yeah. So uh, we got some good ideas floating around for this segment. Um, but I always like hearing from you, Leadheads. Talkinglead at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. Uh, and then, of course, put in the subject what it is. Otherwise, I may just think it's spam and delete it. But I do read your emails. I read every email that you guys send me. I may not respond every time, uh, but I do read all the emails. And I appreciate uh, you, Leadheads, sending me um all the support emails that you send me about how much you enjoy the shows and suggestions for guests and topics and things like that. I love hearing that. Um, our last one that we did, uh, Derek, we had the AK corner talking about AK corner and we did mm-hmm. an epic battle, the AK versus the AR. Uh, and we had two teams, three, three guys on each team. And, uh, it was a battle Royale, man. And it, uh, it was a good time. We had fun. It was funny. Of course we had your buddy Curtis on, uh, yeah, Curtis House from VSO Gun Channel. He is just a a wealth of knowledge, man. Once he gets talking about something and focused in and zeroed in on it, man, he just oh, yeah. he can deep dive he's, on anything. He's a smart engineer. I, that guy's just a brilliant person. Yeah, and you put him with Brian Keeney and uh, James Balzac and uh, Jeremy Gresham and uh, the AR15 podcast guys. It was a good time. We had a really, really, really good time. And uh, Jeremy Gresham with IWI made the announcement that we're going to be giving away a Galil Ace, hmm. possibly chambered in 5.56 at NRA. So, okay. I'll so, be there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we asked you leadheads to send in suggestions on how we should maybe go about giving that away. What would be a good, fun, um, fair way 
to give that away. So shoot me suggestions on that also, talkinglet at gmail.com. That's coming up September, like 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, something like that. Uh, first part of September. And um, we're going to do something, but you're going to have to work for it. I mean, this is a Galil Ace, guys. It's like a $2,000 rifle or, or something. I don't know. They're ridiculous. But we've had a couple of you lead heads that have sent some suggestions in. I'm going to read one just to give you an example. So this is a Troy STX. And he says, I'm not sure if I'll make it to NRA this year or not. It will all depend on family and their schedule. But I did have an idea on the new giveaway. This is really rough and hard to prove what's legit or not, but the general concept could be summed up as listeners get one entry for every new listener they bring to the show, plus an entry for the new listener. This is by form, email, or such. And I guess by honor system, unless there's a better way. A new listener provides a piece of information given out late in this in a show, their name and the name of the listener who got them uh, to start listening. Maybe I'm naive about how people can be honest or game the system, but it was an idea that came to mind. Trust me, if the system can be gamed, <laughs> people will cheat line steal for a Galil Ace. <laughs> I think you should just give it to me. Just, just be done with it. We'll give it, we'll give it to Derek. Happy birthday. <laughs> I mean, if that's, that's what they – Derek, if that's what the leadheads vote for, that's what we'll do. <laughs> yeah, some, some attorney's going to get this going. That's not going to happen. We, we do majority rules here for the most part. Uh, I've only really overturned one uh, decision, but that's okay. It happens. It happens, you know. Um but yeah, so there's an example of a suggestion on how we might give away the um, the Galil Ace at NRA. You got other ideas, other suggestions? Send them to me, talkinglet at gmail.com. Put in the subject, uh, Galil giveaway idea, something along those lines, so I'll know what that is, so I can categorize it. Uh, but definitely, if you've got some ideas uh, for what we should name the segment with Derek that we're going to do each month, uh, I would love to hear your ideas. And you can send those talking at gmail.com. And if we pick one of your ideas, then I'm going to have a really super cool prize for the winner. I don't know what that will be yet, but it's going to be something really cool. Do I still have you there? Yeah. Okay. I you're like you froze up. You were just standing there. I like, no, I'm, thinking, I'm trying to think of a really cool idea so I can get the really cool prize. <laughs> Everybody's eligible. So uh, send those ideas in. But in the meantime, make sure you go and show love to all our sponsors of the show, Nemo Arms. Nemo Arms has a slew of awesome firearms. So go to their website, NemoArms.com. And I'm going to pull it up right now just to see if there's anything new uh, that I've missed. Uh, But I really like their shotguns. If you've not checked out their NX shotguns, uh, you got to check those things out. They're heirloom quality. They're beautiful shotguns, over-under shotguns. You're really going to like those. Uh, Nemo Arms are the people who brought to market the very first 300 Win Mag AR. So that's kind of their claim to fame. And i tell you, their products are top-notch, first-rate, worth every penny. Uh, they do the rifles. They do the shotguns. They do cans. They make suppressors. And they do uh, handguns. They've got pistols also. So a little bit, anything, everything you need there at Nemo Arms, go check them out. And then you can use the code 
TL10, and you're going to get 10% off. That's including their firearms, anything on their website, as long as it's not like on sale or clearance or something like that, which I doubt they have anything uh, clearanced <laughs> at all on their website. Um, but again, these are first rate, top notch quality firearms. And I mean, don't go on there and think you're going to be getting uh, a rifle for, you know, under a thousand dollars because they, their quality of these is, is just well beyond that. Their hand guards alone would be a thousand dollars. So check them out. Mm-hmm. Nemoarms.com and use that code TL10. Uh, and then Derek and I were talking off air a little bit where last episode he let us know that he was a, a lumens lunatic <laughs> yeah he's into the flashlights and uh i was able to hook him up with our buddy um over at asp michael hess and michael sent him uh i think it was you said the the bigger one right the raptor i think the raptor yeah this one this flash like yeah. 2000 lumens yeah. or something I was impressed with it. I really was. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good. And what's great about them is they're dual fuel, so they've got rechargeable batteries, uh, mm-hmm. and you just uh, pop in the the USB chargers, and it's just your regular Android uh, USB that will go in there, and you can charge them up, and the charge lasts a really long time. Uh, I think this one I've had for – I haven't charged it in over – like three weeks. You know what I like about those lights, Marty, is that um, everything on that light is well thought out. And tell me, tell me what you because you're probably more into flashlights than me. I just like the ergonomics of it, the feel. It fits really good in the palm of my hand. It's really quick mm-hmm. to activate. You know, it's got the uh, the uh, two clicks, and right. I and I can program that to be a blue light, a flashing yep. light, a dim light, a red light. Or a green light. Yeah, um, I like my flashlights pretty simple. I don't like the flash and all that stuff. Um, I like the clip on it a lot after he explained everything to me on that. And I, I actually, I wasn't sure about it, but how you turn it on was a little bit different. But when he explained to me why it was designed that way, mm-hmm. it, it just, like, they thought about every little thing on it. And it was it was really interesting. Yeah, so ASP's, you know, known for their law enforcement uh, gear, and that's really who they have in mind. So they make their their products really sturdy, really rugged, durable. You know, it's mm-hmm. this stuff's built to last, high quality. Um, and then, like you said, there are there are features on this thing that I probably don't even know that uh, are on here. Um, but this is just you know this is one. They've got others that, like you said, you know that just do the lights if that's all you want. Yeah. Uh, but they've got the programmable ones, uh, the different lumens, different sizes. I think I've got one of the small ones, the Garda, in my pocket here. Let's see. Yep. So this is my EDC. It's the Garda, and it's really small, compact, but it's bright. Yeah. I don't know exactly how many lumens that is, but it's bright. But it's a dual fuel also. So um, I can use just regular normal batteries. Uh, I can use the rechargeable batteries and then just charge it up and go, which is what I've done with all these. I've probably, I'm probably on 10 cycles on this one so far, and it's still running great on the on the recharging but you just pop it off and uh, you charge that one in yeah if you're in your car just like you charge your cell phone charge your light up and then you said you got one it's called the scribe yeah i got that pen light he sent me a pen light as well pen light's a little longer yeah a little longer one yeah Yeah. i use it for my briefcase yeah i'd given that to one of my family members they've been using it Uh, and then of course they've got red guns at asp 
So you want to practice your your reloads, your mag changes. Uh, they've got the red guns. I mean, you probably heard of the blue gun. Well, they've got the red guns at uh, ASP USA, and they've got all kinds of different models there. They don't have any Glocks, uh, but they got pretty much everything else. Uh, Berettas, Sigs. Uh, they've got those. They've got rifles. I've got one of their AR-15 red guns. It's got an adjustable stock on it for the different lengths of pull. <laughs> <laughs> mag change, and they they come with two mags too. Uh, so you can practice your reloads on your AR. It's got the rails so you can mount your lights, your different uh, accessories that you normally use, your scope, if you have a scope, red dot, whatever it may be, a laser. Uh, and you can set it up just like your AR, practice your drills safely at home. Uh, the magazines that come are, are inert, so there's no way a bullet's going to get in there. Um, as you're practicing it will take real mags too i just i tried it out and it will take real mags there's a mag pull it takes it so uh, if you need more mags to practice with than what they send you uh, here's one i've got some some fake bullets in this is a metal i think this is a uh who makes it i don't know it fits in there though so check them out asp usa you go to my website uh i've got a link on the front page uh, it's, um, let me just pull it up here. So it's easier if I show you guys, I'm going to share my screen, Derek. All right. So you go to talking leads, website, tinylead.com. Uh, you go to lead quarters. If it doesn't automatically take you to, uh, our front page and this is our front page. It'll have our latest episodes, some past episodes that you can go and listen to. Uh, and, and no, I didn't have Keanu on. I had Taryn, <laughs> had Taryn Butler on. <laughs> <laughs> but right down below that, Armament Systems and Procedures, and any of these links you click on, uh, that'll take you to their website. And if it's, um, let me just click on it, it'll take you there, and then you can shop any of their products from here. Put them in your cart. When you go to checkout, use the code LEADHEAD. It's all caps, LEADHEAD, and that's how you're going to get that 15% off that you saw right here. So you got to use this link, and then when you check out, use the code LEADHEAD, all caps, you get 15% uh, percent off any of your purchase, as long as it's not already marked down. Um, and I get a little cheddar from that. I'm, I'm going to be straight up honest with you guys. Um, this is like an affiliate program that I'm trying out with them, and um, so we'll see how it works out. But you got to go there. You have to use that link, and you have to use that code. Otherwise, I get buckus. So... <laughs> Uh, but you're not going to be disappointed. They've got a lot of stuff. They got handcuffs. They've got the batons. I was showing you the baton earlier. This is like one of their new smaller compact. This is like a good EDC uh, baton, and uh, it's got the button up top. Derek was talking about how you normally would have to hit them really hard on the ground, but this one's got the button, and you just uh, you pop it in, and it's got those good retention clips like you're talking about, like they do on their flashlights. They have them on these as well. Nice. Get them on that. And ASP even has, uh, they've got pepper spray too. Um, so go check them out. You're not going to be disappointed, especially in their flashlights. I mean, I've been using the crap out of their flashlights. There's a flashlight there for everybody, every size, every use uh, of the flashlights. Uh, and then, of course, Caltech Weapons, go show them love. The official lead quarters at NRA. Hopefully, Derek and his crew will be coming by. I know that. If you guys need a place to crash or set up and hang out, come by Caltech booth and uh, hang out with us, Derek. 
You never know uh, who's going to be there. It's always a surprise. Do you, do you, Marty, you have the booth number yet? Don't have the booth number, but it'll be easy to find. Okay. Yeah. Caltech's always uh, easy to find, and they usually have everybody in the same spots, you know, typically mm-hmm. depending on the, the geography of the uh, of the floor, but typically everybody's usually, you know, Caltech's here, Century's here, Buck's here uh, kind of deal, but. Uh, we, we will be, it's where the crowds will be, Derek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. I think I know where Celtic, Celtic's usually kind of back in the corner, if I remember correctly. Uh, I don't know if that's shot show or if that's NRA. I, but, I think it might be shot show now I think of it. I haven't been in the NRA in a couple of years. But they're going to have the new logo. You see there, Celtic 30, uh, logo, 30 years of Celtic. They're celebrating their 30 years. So, uh, three times longer than talking lead. But I've got 400 more episodes than they've got. <laughs> but they do. They make some great guns, innovative guns. The uh, the RDBs, you know, the bullpup designs. I really like the bullpups. Their shotguns, the KSG, KS7. Uh, and then my favorite, probably my all-time favorite gun of, of any gun of, of guns that have made, that are made, is the Sub-2000. You familiar with the Sub-2000? I own two Gen 1s. Yeah, so love the the sub two thousand, the nine millimeter, uh, in the nine. I had a forty at one time. I sold mine. Yeah, got rid of it. I, I traded mine for some body armor. Long time. ago. I couldn't find magazines that fit that Gen One in the forty Smith and Wesson. Couldn't find them. Oh, the Smith and Wesson. Couldn't find them. Yeah, I looked everywhere. I've got the uh, the Glock one. So yeah, I got a Glock nine. Got a Gen One and a Gen Two. Oh, one's over there. Um, I've got it all tricked out with a. A red line precision uh, front rail. You seen those? I have, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's pretty sweet. Uh, but go check out Caltech. Uh, in the meantime, the social meds. I don't know how much you're excited about them hosting uh, Talking Lead at NRA 2021. We're excited about it. I'm just glad everybody's opening up and starting to do stuff again. Get yeah. out, get nice. out of the lead quarters here. Uh, and then Seal One uh, Leadhead code 25 percent off for all your uh, gun cleaning needs. Clean, lube, protect, seal1.net. Leadhead is the code. 25% off is what you're going to get. Mission First Tactical, the code is leadhead. You're going to get 20% off. Factory 47. Uh, I'm not wearing the Factory 47 shirt today, but we've got this logo that they're doing on T-shirts, hoodies, and leddies. I don't have my leddy here either, but we've got those. You can go to Factory 47. Leadhead is the code there. You get 10% off. Uh, and then 1776 United, who makes these logos, our, sta- our classic logos. They make these patches, Leadhead Brigade patches. they got Leadhead Brigade t-shirts. Talking Lead is the code that you use there, and you get 20% off 1776 United. And that's on any of their products. That's not just the Talking Lead logoed stuff. Are you familiar with 1776 United? What's that? Are you familiar with 1776 United Apparel I've Company? Heard of them. Yeah, I've heard yeah. of the company, yeah. Yeah, they make some really cool uh, apparel and accessories, the you know, kind of the 2A lifestyle kind of stuff, really cool. Shirts are super soft, love them there. Uh, but yeah, guys, make sure you go and, and support all those, show them your love, let them know how much you appreciate them, buy their products. That's how we uh, keep this show going. That's why we're 10 years into it, 400 episodes into it. Uh, and that's a lot of thanks to you, Leadheads, as well. Appreciate all the support over the years and look forward to 400 more episodes uh, with you, Leadheads. And our guest as well, 
always go and, and let our guests know how much you appreciate them. So go to Munitions Group. They've got a great YouTube channel. Am I still sharing my screen? Yeah. So here's here's their YouTube channel. And you can see Derek there. And this is the right one, right? I want to make sure. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. So here they are. You got home. Here's their videos. Got a lot of videos. How long have you been doing this? I had a I had a I teach law at the law school. I had a student tell me the other day that he grew up watching my videos. Made me feel old. <laughs> I think I the first videos actually were spliced from an old DVD that I used to sell for concealed carry instructors. So technically, probably 10, 10 about as long as you, you know, 10, 11 years I've been making videos. Nice. So you were on gun gripes. Uh, that's my law partner, Clay. Clay was on with him. Clay is a friend of his, and he's a friend of the firm. I've met him once or twice. Nice guy. And okay. So Clay, my law partner, uh, did a couple videos with him. They're very good. You should watch them. Yeah, we'll watch those. Um, Eric's been on the show several times. Yeah, he's good people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there, there it is right there. Uh, gifting a firearm to your children. Uh, what is Biden's executive actions on gun control? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, some good stuff there. Go check them out, Munitions Law Group, and it's um, that's the logo we were talking about there with a the star earlier. I got a video couple down on my honeymoon was in New Zealand. I actually interviewed a gentleman who's a competitive shooter in New Zealand right, right there. Right here. So yeah, we talked about the New Zealand massacre and stuff. This is more than a mirror. This is oh. a portal to your future. You just made me some money by clicking on that. Thank you. Does that give you money just by clicking on it? I get I get I get paid every month because it's monetized. So. I don't make a lie. It's it's very little. So I'm playing it right now. Hey, Derek DeBras here from Munitions yeah, Law Group. That's Marty. Marty Cavanaugh from Can you hear the it? wonderful country of New Zealand. I cannot, but yeah. you, you watch it. You know, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Just the, the different perspective on guns, even from a pro-gun person in other countries. Oh, you'll drink with him, but you won't drink with me. Mine. Greg put me in touch with Marty. I brought him. I actually had brought him some bullet bourbon uh, as a gift. Oh, I like so. bullet bourbon. Yeah, I like Bullet, yeah. Yeah, Bullet's good. So, hey, his name's Marty. I'm Marty. He can't be all that bad. <laughs> Marty Cavanaugh, yeah. Very nice. And that's in New but, Zealand, huh? That's in New Zealand. It's in his backyard, yeah. Very cool. So there you go, guys. Go check it out. Uh, Munitions Law, Derek DeBross. Um, and then Instagram. I think I got you pulled up on Instagram, too, somewhere here. Yeah, I haven't looked at that. It's been a little while. Yeah, and there's their Instagram right here. Yeah. Yeah, you need to make a new post. That's an old post right there. Yeah, that was probably Veterans Day. Is that you? That's me. (laughs) 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 I'm 10 years old. You never got called Opie, did you? Uh, I don't think I ever got, eh, maybe once or twice. I don't really recall it too much. It's just that baby face you got going there. Yeah, yeah. You kind of like Richie (laughs) Cunningham. I mean, look at those those old DCUs. They don't even use those anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah, 2005 says right there. Yeah. That picture yeah. was taken. Long time ago. Well, all right, Derek. Um, again, I'm sorry to, to make you work on your birthday, man, but I know the Leadheads greatly appreciate it. Leadheads, if you have questions, uh, if something we were discussing here, you were just kind of like, mm, you're not really addressing that, uh, hit Derek up. Munitions uh, group right here on Instagram. Um, I guess they can go to the website. Here's the website. 
Yeah, there's a um, if they send questions into the website, it goes into a, ca- a queue, and we try to get to them as much as we can. I can't promise we answer them, but yeah, you have a little shot if you submit one, then don't submit one. What about on YouTube? Do you get those if people leave you a comment yeah, or something on there? We aggregate the comments, and it goes into a queue. We use Airtable, so everything goes into Airtable. When I make my videos, I read through them. I have a lot of repeat questions, so you, you just have to look on the YouTube channel. I've probably have addressed it in some manner before. Right. Um, so make sure you look through the channel as well. Or just shoot me an email, tinyletgmail.com, and I'll forward it on to him. Uh, yeah, there you go. Okay. E- either way. But again, each and every month, save your questions each and every month. When we make that post asking for your questions, post them then, uh, and then we'll go over them on the show and uh, maybe during our live section. That we do. Yeah. So, all right, buddy. Happy birthday. And I appreciate hope, it. Lord, thanks for having me on. I owe you, I owe you uh, a nice, tasty bourbon next time I see you. All right. For your, Houston. For your birthday in Houston. We're going to be there. Yeah. All right, Leadheads. That does it for another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. Again, I can't thank you enough uh, for all the support. And keeping the show going these past 10 years and for 400 episodes. I greatly appreciate you, Leadheads. The Leadhead Brigade rules. Until then, as always, keep your loved ones close. Firearms closer. Was I supposed to say the last part? <laughs> and you're supposed to add something else to it, yeah. Oh. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> put a little punch on there, something to do with the law. I'm not witty, man. I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs> Uh, you, that's why you need to drink next time we do this show. Yeah, I do. I'm also <laughs> tired, so. <laughs>